السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه الحمد لله these blessed meanings that Allah سبحانه وتعالى is blessing us to hear that our teachers emphasize time and time again the importance of these means for the individual soul, for the family, for the community, in order for there really to be that a dissemination of the prophetic inheritance of our Prophet in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are the meanings that must become widespread. And this is what people need to hear. And everything, of course, begins with Iman and with belief in Allah and you follow that up with all of the various manifestations of taqwa, of piety, of mindfulness of Allah that God consciousness in all of its different manifestations inwardly and outwardly and this is what needs to be planted in the heart of every individual if we're really going to see change happen around us this is the secret for that sharing our beautiful faith with people is putting this into practice first and foremost and they then will quote the verse in Surah Al-A'raf For only that people of the Qura which that literally is the various villages or you could say here the various societies were they only to believe and have taqwa in all of its different meanings what would happen? That we would have given them from the blessings of the heavens and the earth. And the word used here is Fatah, which is also means to open up. We will open up for them. We will grant them. We will bestow upon them. We will overwhelm them with the Barakat, with the various blessings that are in the heavens, in the skies, and in the earth. But they denied. And so that we seize them based upon what that which that is that they used to do. And so these meanings are a part of the perspective that you and I need to have if that we're going to take our existence here in the lands in which we live seriously and if we're going to live life with purpose this has to be right at the very center of how it is that we think this how it has to be how we approach our deen, our religion this is how it is that we have to approach our day-to-day -day life and give priority to these meanings and anything else that it is that we learn that we see all of those things through this lens and that specifically one of the most important that topics we have to discuss in light of this are the relationships that you and I have with one another and that we had started speaking last week about some of the hukuk, the various rights that Muslims have and that Imam al-Haddad reminds us that these hukuk are many these rights are many. But because he's so steeped in scholarship and that he understands the Quran and the Sunnah so well, he realizes that there's a few traits. If we focus on those, it will facilitate for us all of the others. And those are the, the ones that were already mentioned, but let's review them. Because when they, the reason he begins by saying and pointing out these traits is because he knows that if we focus on these, then the others will become that easier for us to acquire. 
And then he groups a number of others and summarizes those individual rights and knowing that if we get those and put that, those in their proper place, then the rest, which are many, will also be facilitated for us. And so he said is that you should interact with the believers. Amen. Deal with them. Whether you are present among them or whether that you are not, i.e. that behind their backs. In the way that you want them to deal with you. So notice here he says, in their presence and behind their back. How do you want people to speak about you? How do you want people to mention you? How do you want people to see mistakes that you make? How do you want people to that look at all the various things that you do and react in relation to your accomplishments and everything that relates to you? If we know that we want to be treated a certain way, dealt with in a certain way, that if we make mistakes, that we hope that people forgive, we hope people that veil us, we hope people overlook, that this is how we should do as well. So it's just really interesting that he pointed out there that whether you are present with them actually or that it is behind their backs we should live this principle and then the word that he used here was which is that that struggle and strive with yourself force yourself to get used hammer it into the heart even if you will what? to want good for them the way that you want good for yourself. Love for them what you love for your own self. Dislike for them what you dislike for your own self. And so this is not, we're not supposed to just hear this and that's it. The word they use here, وَطِّنْ قَلْبَكْ implies, and actually it's explicit, you're supposed to reflect on this and sit alone and actually imagine the good that you want for yourself and then bring to heart your fellow community members, that your fellow brothers and sisters. And even better yet, name by name, person by person. And begin with the people that are close to you. And then think about the people that come to your mind after that. And that good that you want for yourself that you just thought about and you spent time reflecting upon, that desire in your heart, person by person, person by person. Or imagine them all sitting before you however it is that you choose to do it. This is what is meant by وَطِّنْ qalbak, is that you actually take this meaning and you put it into practice in that particular way. And really we have to get back to the basics as has been said in these things that we know but we fail to fully put into practice. Desire for your brothers what you desire for your own self and just think about the good that you actually want for yourself. And then imagine your brothers right before you, or your sisters right before you, and one by one, one by one, one by one, desiring for them that same good. And then there will be people that you're not particularly close to. Force yourself to desire good for them too. And then there will be people who, actually, that you might not really get along with, desire the same good for them. And then there will be people who might actually dislike you, or wrong you, or have done something to bother you. And the same thing should be done with them, one by one, one by one. And if we do this, all of the other hukuk and the rights that he's going to speak about will come fairly easily. 
But we have to begin here. This is where we begin. One, okay, it only makes sense. That's logical. I can't treat someone else in a way that I, I, I can't expect to be treated in a certain way if I don't treat others in that way. If you don't respect other people, how on earth do you desire to be respected? And if that you actually don't respect people and you command respect, they're really not going to like you anyway. And what's the use of hypocrisy and people just being nice to your face but then hating you inside? And how many people are in situations like that in the dunya? Where they have a boss or they have a superior or there's someone who's well known and they have to flatter that person to their face but inside they're cringing at the mere thought of this particular individual. That's not how we want to be. That we want to have hearts that are pure and don't hold grudges towards people and that can easily find these meanings easy. And part of what is understood by this beautiful word is what then? Yani is that when you do it over and over again, it actually becomes easy. It actually becomes easy. And an example here is they mention in another context that the greatest way to rid your heart of hasid, of envy, is to actually spend time drilling into your heart, desiring good for other people and actually preferring people over yourself. So we heard the beautiful story that Sidi Muhafiz mentioned, and that relates to ethos. They prefer others over their own selves, even if they be in need. It's one thing that if you have extra money, it's another thing for you to make minor sacrifices. It's a whole other degree if it means the loss of your life and the preference of another life. They were preferring others over themselves in when they were absolutely in need. And we heard in the story what ended up happening to them. That's the degree of the Sahaba. And we can strive to resemble them. And if we fall short, which we are going to fall short, we're talking about the Sahaba, we could at least approximate and do the very best that we can. But if you spend time imagining the things that you want most to the people that you might have envy in your heart towards, and you imagine them getting what you get, and at first there's like istithqal, it's heavy for you. But if you keep doing this, and you keep desiring good for them, and you do this over and over again, eventually, when actually in real life, you hear of some good reaching someone, your first response will be what the response of a believer is supposed to be, farah. Joy and happiness. That's what we're, anyone who receives any blessing, we're supposed to be happy. Because if you're happy, you get a reward from Allah. If you're content that Allah gave that person a blessing, you get a portion of that blessing, either directly or indirectly, something that relates directly to that blessing or something else. And so actually, you can open up the door for you to benefit from every blessing that's ever given to anyone by simply being content with all of those blessings that Allah Ta'ala has given anyone prophets, their companions, their family, the righteous of their ummah, and so forth and so on. And by being content and actually bringing this to mind, you can actually do this and reflect upon this. And this is why that they say that reflection is so one of the many reasons why reflection is there's such a great reward. And it's better than 60 or 70 years of worship. This is why that reflection is so important. Because this is one of the ways to reflect. And you get a reward for all of the blessings that were ever distributed.
How could you weigh that in scales? It might take you one or two minutes only to do that, but what is that going to look like on Yom Qiyamah when all of that is put in your scales? And that ultimately, what is that going to lead to that when you are content with Allah and that hopefully that Allah Taala will be content with you? So we have to begin here and take this very seriously. We deal with others in their presence and when they're absent the way that we want to be dealt with. That we jahad nafsik. We strive against our lower ego, our lower soul, and drill into our heart the desire to want for our brothers and sisters what we want for our own selves and to dislike for them what we dislike for our own selves. And then Sayyidina Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani, he mentioned a very beautiful word of wisdom. He said, Kun ma'al haq ka'anna la khalq. Be with the truth, Allah, as Sayyidina Amjad mentioned. It's one of the names of Allah, the real, al-haq, the truth. Be with Allah as if there's no creation. Be with Allah as if there's no creation. And one of the meanings of that is, is that don't let anyone in creation bar you from drawing near to Allah. That the greatest thing that usually derails people from the spiritual path is other people. Don't let anyone derail you from the spiritual path. Be with Allah as if there's no creation. And be with creation as if that you don't have an ego. As if that you don't have a lower self. As if you don't have that some of these ru'unat and that this rust that, that builds up in our soul that leads us to do things that are reprehensible and that contravene the blessed sunnah of our Prophet So if we begin here then it's easier for us to start that dealing with the most important rights of the believers. And that Imam Haddad that he says in his book Al-Nasah al and the Councils of Religion is that woman akad hukuk al-Muslim al-Muslim from the most emphasized rights of a Muslim upon a Muslim. And it's just amazing again his scholarship and what he's doing here. An-Nasih is that we have sincerity towards each other, which is part of the meaning of Nasiha. We be real with each other. And based upon that sincerity, we advise one another. And that means that we help one another. That means that we hold each other's hands. That means that we're there for one another. Nasiha is a that very important and very profound word. That includes everything that was mentioned and much, much more. Our relationship is based upon deen. Sincere advice in the religion. Helping one another. Doing this together. This is one of the... And this is for every Muslim. This is... And again, remember. Everything that we talk about for the broadest category, which is of the Muslims. This applies even more so to everyone else. The Muslims that you come to know, the Muslims that become your friends, the Muslims become your close companions, your family members, your neighbors, all of these are rights upon rights. But this is where we begin. So that's the first thing. And then, that helping one another to have bir, which is piety, in taqwa, which is also another word for you, you could translate as piety, but mindfulness of Allah, righteousness. 
you would help one another be righteous and to be pious and to have taqwa of Allah and that we encourage one another to obey Allah and to do what is pleasing to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala this is what he says is the akad hukuk so there's a lot of others that we'll get to and eventually that you'll get to rights like if the Muslim brother sneezes and he says alhamdulillah it's his right that you say Allah, that may Allah have mercy on you even down to the point where he has a right if he sneezes that there's a response that we have to have and there are others as well and so but at the highest that in the highest category are these are what he mentions having nasiha in the deen that sincerely advising one another working together assisting one another in piety in mindfulness of Allah in encouraging one another to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we speak about those meanings as a concept there are many many different ways that that could manifest and sometimes it's just with a smile sometimes it's with a text message sometimes it's calling someone sometimes it's just spending a little bit of time with someone and a lot of it has to do as well as people congregating that together and so forth and so on there's many different ways that these meanings manifest and inshallah ta'ala as we move more into the specifics that we will that unpack some of the other rights may Allah make these realities within us and to bless us Ya Rahman Rahmeen which that with he blesses the elect of the awliya and the saliheen and to bless us to have that strong hearts that are obedient to him subhanahu wa ta'ala filled with faith Ya Rahman Rahmeen we'll move up in the degrees of surratude we ask Allah to place blessing in the month of Rajab in Sha'ban and bless us to be able to reach Ramadan Ya Rahman Rahmeen in the very best of states prepared to be able to receive the nafahat that he that sends down and that he gives in this very special month Ya Rahman Rahmeen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammadin wa alayhi wa sallam Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen